Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Pierre and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens, you damn dirty apes. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We've watched the movie, we talk about it. It's quite that simple. And we're finally back to the franchise we've been working through. Uh, it's been a little while since we did Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. But we're finally here with the fifth and final, to an extent, uh, of the original set of movies. And this is Battle for the Planet of the Apes, which came out in 1973. I think I'm surprised every time I, I remembered how quickly they pumped these five movies out. Because, you know, the first one was, what, 68? And then the fifth one was 73? That is a hell of a, like, pace. Right, yeah. To be pumping those out. I think out. it was just, like, every time they were surprised that it was a hit in number one in the box office, so they had to come up with a sequel. Yeah. Even though each time the film ends, it ends in such a giant tragedy that's like, how do you make a sequel to that? <laughs> yeah, and you can, I think you can kind of tell how rushed some of them are. Like, you can see that the ideas aren't bad in some places, but you can tell they kind of had to sort of go boom, 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 boom. Just, you know, whatever works, get it down in the script, get it down in paper. Let's move, let's yeah. move. Let's go. We don't have and to also, you have no budget to make Ape Mask. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the gorilla masks in this one are, are the worst they've ever looked. Yeah. Uh, probably, but hey... Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about Battle for the Planet of the Apes, and uh, this is, you know, in, in the same way that Conquest is very, very minorly kind of a parallel to what Rise of the Planet of the Apes would be, this is very, very minorly a, a parallel to what Dawn could potentially be later yeah. on. So uh, We even have a Koba in this movie. That's he's not, called some, something else. Don't but disrespect Koba kind of by comparing Aldo. <laughs> I'll just check these names. Aldo to Koba. Don't do not do that. Look, I mean, there's clearly a superior film. Uh, Aldo is so one note, is all I'm saying. Like, from the second we meet is, him... He's definitely proto, proto Koba. From the second we meet him, he's just an angry dickhead. Like, his opening scene, he literally jokes about hanging humans from trees like that that's so there's not, not yeah. a lot of nuance in his character he just you hates know why something. human work human work you're you're bringing better movies into this don't <laughs> don't be doing that now what's interesting is i had never seen this one i'd seen the four before mm-hmm. this but i'd never seen this one before for whatever reason i just never get around to watching the fifth one uh so this was an interesting uh, so it's set a bit later uh, I, I am a little confused about the timeline here from the previous film. Uh, partly because civilization has completely ended. And they speak in some ways as if it's been a long-ass time. And, you know, apes and are all talking and they've got schools and stuff. But at the same time, there's, like, human characters. In fact, hell, even just uh, Caesar. Like, we know that like, Caesar and, and Lisa have a have a, a child who they've named Cornelius in this, right? But he's, like, a teenager. Which implies, oh, it's been, like, maybe... 15 to 20 years give or take depending on how long it was until they had I think a kid they say something like 17 years since the bomb went off and then there's this awkward thing where I, I thought like you got mcdonald back who i just thought was meant to be the same character from from the previous film but then there's an awkward line halfway through the movie that, that he's oh it's the brother of the character from the last <laughs> film um because we do get some characters that return like the our villain was in the last movie yeah, yeah. And he's the one who recognizes him. He says, oh, that's the brother of the guy that used to work for my former boss. Like, yes. It's a really strange line. He has a couple of really <laughs> awkward lines. Uh, Culp, the villain, is. Uh, 
There's mm-hmm. a, there's, and this is a small thing, but later on, there's a moment where they're looking at... Um, because the humans eventually, of course, try to invade the ape camp, like the, the evil humans. And he's looking through his binoculars and he's looking at the base camp and his line of dialogue, and it's, there's nothing wrong with the sentiment that he's saying. Like, if you just rephrased it, but what he actually says is, I want their home to look, that si- look like that city we just left. No one would phrase it like that. The, the city you live in is not the city you just left. You would either name it or you'd say our city or you'd say, like, you phrased <laughs> it in such a weird way that sounds like someone who doesn't know where they just were. Yeah. Like you were just passing through. And, uh, so there's a couple of odd weird lines from him that sure, but stuck out to I will say I really like his character. <laughs> I like the look of his character. I like the idea of their characters, like the humans that are living underneath the city that are like not really mutating, but like getting really sick because they're hiding underneath I'm going in to fear go- of apes and fallout. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, they should all be dead, given the state of the city and the radiation <laughs> that should be there. But Maybe, or they're going to turn into some sort of mutant race in the future. So it lines up with beneath the planet of the apes. Uh, well, uh, oh, I, su- I suppose we should clarify general opinions then. Tara, what did you think of uh, Battle for the Planet of the Apes? I love it. You love it? <laughs> really? I love these movies. I can't help it. Okay, I watched them all when I was a kid, and they're fun. They're still fun. I get a lot more enjoyment out of them now because I'm an adult, and I notice things. But they are... I still love them. Are they great? I don't know, but I love them. This, this, is, this one's pretty mediocre. Uh, I It's... There's the simple things that it just doesn't do well. Uh... Particularly, I think all of the action in the final act is is just boring and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to put it that bluntly, but I feel like we we cut back to the same shots of the trucks and the humans advancing on the the ape camp. We we see the same like three shots like probably ten times, and mm-hmm. there's just a lot of smoke and gunfire, and there's like no coordination, there's no choreography, there's no like beats that you can sort of pick out and say. This you is don't the like how they kind of look like a like Mad Max future already. The the, the underground dweller humans, the chuds that are <laughs> invading. <laughs> that's that are invading the ape camp. And I guess it's because the budgets are getting smaller. It's getting smaller in scope as the movies go on. But it, it this really does feel like it's more into the. Basically, a direct-to-video level of like production value and yeah, there's like no budget. It's story. like one point six yeah. million or something for this one. Is it because it mostly takes place like obviously the the most effective things are probably some of the shots of the city, but once they're in the city, they're just in like basements and stuff. They're just sort of sneaking around areas like that, and then the rest of it's in like a, like a camp in the like the, the forest, <laughs> and that's that's it. That's your, that's your locations. And the eight masks look, or particularly the gorillas look the worst they've ever looked. And yeah, I, I mean, there's ideas that are brought up in this, which are kind of interesting. I I didn't realize get into this that it was going to try and ca- kind of like suggest that oh, the the future that we know from the original film isn't set in stone. Like maybe mm-hmm. there's hope that there'll still be a better future, which is probably one of the. I mean, not to sp- I'll I'll say the the minorest of minor spoilers for the newer films if you haven't seen them, but. That's kind of like how I felt at the end of the last new film, you know, War for the Planet of the Apes, where they don't specifically have a conversation like that because they don't know about the future because there's been no time travel or anything uh, in the new series. But I, I kind of felt like, no, nah, like there's, there's no way this can lead to the original Planet of the Apes for X, Y, and Z reasons, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas here, they specifically kind of say, no, nah, future, there's, you know, there's, there's lanes, and we can get on a different lane without knowing we've done so. And there's a character who's just there to kind of like have that mumbo-jumbo a couple of times in the film to kind of set up the idea that, no, there's hope for a better future. Uh, and there's a little sort of like bookend scene where the lawgiver, the original lawgiver is like teaching a class and just, to, and, you know, we're in full spoilers for the movie here, but it, when we go back to him at the end, which I actually laugh because when I looked at the, the runtime and it cut back to him, there was like literally 70 seconds of movie left on the runtime. <laughs> so like, oh, there's not going to be a lot of substantial stuff in this scene, but it basically revealed that he was teaching a class of both ape children and kids. And then, yeah. you know, it ends on the, the statue of Caesar. Um, so. Well, we know from the very first Planet of the Apes movie that the lawgiver had very different opinion of humans than he does in the end of this movie. So it does imply that they do choose a different yeah. future. Uh, which is is good. I mean, it's still, obviously, there was plot holes before about, like, how... Because I was reminded of some of the plot holes we had of Escape, which is a fun movie, but, you know, like, how much they know about their history where we go back to the original film. No, that was all secret. The lawgiver was hiding everything. <laughs> they weren't supposed to know anything. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Cornelius had all this information to give in the, the, the hearing scene. I'm like, where did this all come from? This was, You didn't know any of this before. Yeah. Well, I mean, doesn't uh, Dr. Zayas tell him at the end of Fire of the Apes? Not all of it, no, because he, he specifically brought up Not stuff. Not all that, of it, that's true, yeah. yeah. Cornelius definitely, in the courtroom scene, you're right, Cornelius definitely knows a lot more than he He started should. dropping details like they were common knowledge, and I was like, no, no, nothing about this was common knowledge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to, he had to, to have learned it between the first one and beneath the Planet of the Apes, but we know he was recast, so he couldn't have learned it because he wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> His character was technically there. He was played by someone else. Yeah. Uh, so, nah, I, I mean, ultimately the movie's plot in this is really simple. Uh, we'll get into what the, the villainous ape does, you know, uh, Aldo, but ultimately it's Caesar wants to learn about his parents because he's never seen them. McDonald, who is now the brother of McDonald, but he's still, but that's the thing, because he still just calls him McDonald, it's like they just kept the same character and there's just one line of dialogue to explain why it's a different actor and that's it. But right, that's, yeah. That's the whole thing. But he's thing. basically, yeah, if you just replace the two actors, it would be the same That's guy. it. That's <laughs> said, uh, the actor here is from Assault and Precinct 13, or would go on to be in Assault and Precinct 13, which is a fantastic little John Carpenter movie from a few years later, so I just want to point that out. Uh, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, it's great. It's, it's uh, so good it's, uh, it's, a, it's an example of carpenter just making such a simple little main theme on his little casio keyboard that he had at the time and it's so good well he is good at that we already he know was. that oh yeah 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 obviously did the same thing with halloween basically with slightly better instrumentation but um so basically he wants to learn about his thing his family his parents you know because he's an orphan blah 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 you see old stuff and mcdonald's like i have an idea there's footage of them because of when they spoke to everyone in, in the hearings. We, we can go to the Forbidden City and find it. Uh, so the movie's about them going to the Forbidden City. But of course, the evil, you know, uh, Culp and his band of radiated humans are there. And they just want to kill them, like, on sight. And they're like, oh, well, there's a camp somewhere. Let's go find them. So they come down, they try to kill them, and they fail. Well, they have a reason that they want to kill them, right? Because they are anti-ape. Because ape has destroyed humanity by um by revolting they should have just stayed slaves according to him right and then their world would have been the same been better for them oh yeah okay you're being facetious i 
when you started that sentence, I was like, we've been. Well, I mean, he has a reason to be mad at apes because because of apes rise, humans are now yeah, he, at the bottom. He blames them, yes. But when yes. you started, I was like, but they didn't really because because there's, there's even technically there's one good human in his like group who keeps trying to talk him out of. He's like, hey, but they're smart and intelligent, and they seem to just have weapons for self defense. You know, maybe we shouldn't go and kill them all. And yeah, and but, the same's true for the apes. But but Colm's not that interesting though as a villain, I don't think because. He he just is basically he's, he's mustache twirling. He just turns around and goes because you know the guy's like oh but if we go and kill everyone it'll you know break twelve years of peace and he's like yes it has been awfully boring hasn't it let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that line. Actually, um, he he's a bit of a prototype for um, Gary Oldman's character. Just like life is uh, horrible now and uh, we have to live underground because uh, no, it's no no I, I, no I disagree <laughs> with this. This is bullshit. No. Gary Oldman's character. Bullshit. No, Gary Oldman's <laughs> character has way more nuance and isn't this one this one dimensional? Oh yeah, the, I said it's a prototype because Gary Oldman's character has a lot more going for it, but it still is like I have a deep hatred for apes. Apes and humans cannot live together. Here, here's and here, I blame apes for everything. Here's that, the pro- bad that has happened. Here's the problem with this. I feel like just because of the setting of the movie. It's very easy to try and fit Dawn of the Planet of the Apes onto this. I don't think Dawn of the Planet of the Apes took anything from this film. I don't think they based... Oh, yes, they did. I don't think they based the this thing on the this. First, this is the first... This is the genesis of <sighs> of the ape films, right? Because, like, it is... It's very Cain and Abel. Like, this is the first time that ape is going to break their, their law. Their ape, no kill ape. And what what that means, right? And it's the same in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So they took from Cain and Abel. They didn't take from Battle of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, come on. They took a little bit from this, and that's okay, because it's a reboot. I I will accept that they took maybe the broad concept, but I I do not think for a second that when they were writing Gary Oldman's character for that film, they said, we need to have our version of Colt. I do not think for a second that was the thought process. Well, I do. I think that they studied these movies and and made a better film. I certainly don't believe that the human that gets like maybe two scenes of trying to talk him out of it was the basis for Jason Clark's character and Don either. Just while we're on the subject. There's no, no way. No, but maybe the humans that are living with the apes. I see that's different, yeah, because they've, they've got humans that they're, not, they're keeping as second-class citizens. Not slaves, but not, not equals. Not slaves. Well, although they would disagree. But yeah. yeah, the humans disagree with that and say this is this is bullshit. Uh, and ultimately, Clearly see, there is like much like in the first movie that some apes are more superior than others there's still some sort of like class system that's there's being a built here yeah well yeah that's kind of the, the point of the movie at the end is that he's just going to choose to not let that continue but um right uh you know it the ideas are fine it, but it, it comes off as a, a a schlocky b movie in terms of production value What's in terms of in terms of the script uh <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a bad watch. I, I don't think it's like a terrible movie. I, I think it's very watchable, but I think it's, it's a very middling movie. I, it's, it's not good. I think it's pretty fun, and <laughs> I watched I watched both versions because there are two. There's an extended version on on the on the Blu-ray and just the theatrical cut, and I watched both. I, and I, the extended I, edition has a lot more nuclear bomb. Set oh, up. interesting. Because yeah. I, uh, I, I will say that I, I don't think I needed any more than the eighty-six minutes that I got. I think the eighty-six minutes cut I watched was was long enough. I didn't need any more. The extended edition actually does have a lot more in it. Not that it's all good, but like 
it's a long movie. I was surprised, like, oh, it's still going. How, how long is it? Is it like 20 minutes longer or what? what what's the uh, I'd say significantly longer than that. Really? It's like two hours? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a long film. I keep hearing it's a long film, but it's ballpark. Well, I, di I didn't check the time. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I know, like, I, that I was watching it for a while. <laughs> uh, I'm checking. What was the differences? What's this nuclear stuff? Well, yeah, the main difference that I can think about is just that the people who are living underground have a fail-safe for if their plan fails when they go to take over the ape village that they will set off a nuclear bomb, which will be a planet killer. And uh, basically the people decide not to do it. And instead they will worship it so that people know how powerful it is. So it sets up the mutant colonies of the future, which we know from Beneath the Planet of the Apes, where they worship the bomb. It's not so much a worship, it's like we need to respect the power and, and teach that to follow, you know, our... Our next generation of humans. Hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you have any luck? And I only, I've found like a, an in-depth comparison, and I've been on this website before, uh, moviecensorship.com, and they usually mm -hmm. give you the run times at the top, but it doesn't actually tell you at the top of this one. It does say there's technically three versions. Oh. Uh, technically. Uh, well, there's only two on the Blu-ray. <laughs> there's a Japanese Laserdisc version. Apparently as well on top of the one that's like on the Blu-ray and stuff. Is that the uh, one with the big kaiju that comes in and wipes out <laughs> both humans and apes? What's interesting, um, apparently the, the newer Blu-rays have a lot more information versus the DVDs. Uh, this is kind of weird. The movie's slightly reframed uh, mm. on some of the DVDs. I don't know if that's a mistake or if, if something, uh, but very, very odd. Very mm. odd. Um, it's 10 minutes longer. Well, it felt like a lot more. <laughs> it went from being 86 minutes to 96 minutes. Okay, I see, <laughs> that's why I was asking, because I was concerned you were overselling it. <laughs> well, I don't speak in hyperbole. <laughs> Clearly you do. <laughs> well, it felt like a lot more. There's a lot more in it. <laughs> It was a the super bomb long stuff was a big deal, okay? It was a super long movie. Maybe six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I did pause it halfway through the first time so I could, like, make dinner. And I did. You, you can't count the dinner intermission as part of the runtime. Well, it breaks up, like, I don't know I, when I started versus when it ends now. <laughs> For dinner intermission. Oh, dear. See, I, I sniffed out there was some inconsistencies in your story. This is why, why I went snooping. <laughs> I could sniff out a mystery. Mm. Like Scooby-Doo. Is that a Scooby-Doo yes. thing? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch that show. You watched that show. I did watch that show as a kid. I watched Scooby-Doo as a kid. Anyway, uh, so... <laughs> so... Premise, Tara's mad at me now because I'm making fun of her for <laughs> the runtime thing. I can see it in her eyes. I think it made for. I'm not mad <laughs> about that. I'm irritated that you feel so much pride from proving I'm that I was wrong about something. I'm not proud. I'm oh, not... Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> I was just laughing again, though, because the, 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 just the way you said, I'm not mad, which is totally convincing me you're not mad. <laughs> I'm not mad, per mm. se. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, you're not mad that I'm not proud. Let's just leave it there. We can move on with the lives. Let's move on. <laughs> See, this review is already more entertaining than the Conquest one. Not that I think that was a bad review, but I don't Conquest remember. Conquest is great. That's a great movie. Depending on which ending you watched. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ending of the theatrical cut is clearly the, the, the canon one for this, because they reference it. Yes, although the original writer, Paul Dean, wrote a very different script, and it was rewritten by the Omega Man team. They wrote a different film. Oh. But his version, the original version of it, which was called Rise of the Planet of the Apes, interestingly enough, was uh, like Caesar basically becomes a king, and he becomes like a not a nice king, and basically just falls into the same traps as humanity just to prove that power is cyclical and it will always corrupt yeah which is essentially the same points this movie makes anyway just not with caesar directly mm -hmm. uh you know the idea that you know weapons lead to this uh the idea that aldo the, the villainous uh, gorilla that his hatred isn't just for humans he clearly just has hatred in him and it, you know it extends to caesar himself uh at a certain point um but there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, if you do want to compare it to Dawn, and it's unfair, really, because it's just, you know, it's it's night and day. Uh, I mean, Dawn does separate night and day, after all. But... <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> the people love that. They love that joke. I can tell. I can oh, feel you those, know, huh? I can feel those extra likes hitting the YouTube video right now because of that, that, that joke. I loved it. <laughs> oh, I'm 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 cracking up at my own silly joke. <laughs> so, Unintentional joke too. It's I don't know. It's not it's not I think the joke's that funny, but when I know I've made a bad joke, I, I laugh at the audacity of myself of making the bad joke. Um mm -hmm. that's the part that's funny to me. Anyway. But you know what? What this doesn't have, this doesn't have really much in the way of like the the two sides and not wanting them to conflict. It's just it's, you know, it's almost an afterthought that anyone doesn't want to have a have a fight. Really, you know, Caesar doesn't want to have a fight. Sure, he has that speech. Um, you know, the one human in the city is like, nah, we shouldn't do this. We were living in peace. Why why bother? Like, let's just stay here. Let's just have peace. Uh, but it's not much. It's you know, it's a couple of scenes. It it's. It's not the same as Dawn, where you're just feeling you, you 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 care so much about Caesar, you care so much about the human characters, you want them to find a peaceful resolve because you're so invested and and you want them to prove that there can be peace. And the funny mm -hmm. thing is, is this movie kind of does prove that there can be peace in a weird way because it has the, the ultra happy ending after you know the the main villain's taken care of, after every the fight's over, the humans that they do have with them already do like oh yeah we will live in peace with you uh yeah sure and so it kind of proves that you can have this. Uh, and the lawgiver stuff is like 600 years in the future or something so yeah we get like proof that that continues yeah we get proof that that, that is just a status quo and it, it, it sticks so mm -hmm. but the funny thing is though is it doesn't earn any of it really that's that's that's, that's the, the thing about dawn is that it everything that it does by the end the movie like builds to and makes you feel things for 
And even if you do get kind of maybe a happier ending by the end of War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, which has no comparison in the original films by any mm-hmm. means, um, it feels like it's earned something and that lessons have been learned and, and all these things. Whereas here, it's, you know, the lesson is learned, don't get me wrong, but it's very kind of on the nose. It's, oh, like, ape is better because ape does not kill ape. You know, we hear that right from the start of the film. Uh, that's even what the teacher's telling them. It's a human teacher who's, who's teaching the, the apes this. And that's that's the rule that Caesar says, no, we're better than humans because ape does, does not kill ape. And that will be the proof of that. And there is a good line, you know, when, when they eventually learn that you know, the villain Aldo has killed an ape. Um, a child ape. And it cuts back to uh, McDonald because when the just before the fight breaks out, the gorillas kind of go all, you know, militant and like lock all the humans up in the camp into a cage. Uh, again, sort of evoking the imagery of the original film a little bit. Because uh, McDonald kind of disappears. He wanted to lock them all in the, on the cage. McDonald just disappears for like 25 minutes. It's so weird mm-hmm. because he's such a main character up until that point. But he has a moment where, you know, one of the hu- other humans says something to him. And he's like, you know, I think they just... Uh, joined the human race you know he has that kind of poignant moment and and afterwards when when he's making his case to caesar he's like no like we have to live as equals we can't be treated like this nothing will ever change if we if we have to have this separation and he's like yes but you know the human way is is brutality and murder and violence and then it's the the wise you know the wise uh ape who's been to, the one who's been giving us all the time travel and like timeline theories throughout the film he's like Yes, but Aldo wasn't human. So clearly we are just, you know, the point being is that clearly we are Virgil. just... Virgil, that's the name of the ape, yeah. Uh, so Aldo wasn't human. So clearly we are just as susceptible to this as humans were. Yeah, I mean, even his uh, baby mama, Lucy, is that her name? Lisa. I think. Lisa, Lisa. Okay. Yeah, even she make, mentioned something because they go to, at one point they go to the, the city where they meet the underground people who immediately start attacking them and they leave um she says like well how do you know that they were like no, they that they were just there to to hurt you like you were crossing their territory like don't you think that maybe they had a right to defend themselves and he's like no i know i know that they were not good people that are irredeemable people basically yeah see- like, i don't know like it sounds like you're just you didn't even try yeah she, she's just very <laughs> sort of yeah stuck in the mud i mean obviously he's much better than aldo he's you know there's a scene right at the start of the film where the teacher says the word no because aldo's acting like a petulant brat and mm. everyone sort of reacts shockingly because that word has been forbidden at least from the humans because no was the word they used when when they were enslaving the apes so it was like no no you, that word is banned you're not allowed to say that to an ape uh that's yeah. just gone um and you know the ape you know uh, the gorilla uh, aldo chases him down and he's going to kill this guy and eventually they sort of run into Caesar and the others and Caesar de-escalates the situation and sort of like puts his foot down and makes sure nothing happens from it. But so clearly, you know, he's not just the, the bloodthirsty, you know, he understands it was a situation and, you know, the the, the, the guy wasn't trying to like, because he is just trying to discipline like a petulant person, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but so much, you know, because we, we, we get this idea that, you know, they do have like a, a storage of like guns from like the olden days. But it's all locked up, and even when Caesar needs to get some guns to go on this little trip into the Forbidden City with McDonald and Virgil, Virgil they're taking because he's like an expert on everything, um, somehow. I mean, I don't know where he's had got all this information from. I guess they've, they've found a library or something somewhere that he's just consumed all the books from, but uh, he knows things. 
Because he's... Cause, cause well, you know, he could have been somebody's pet that they were just teaching. True. True. I mean, when they first meet him, he's given a, a theory on lightspeed travel. And it's very important because basically what he's arguing is that time can change, right? And he, he explains it more clearly later on. But the first time we meet him, he's talking about... And I don't know why he's using this example, but he talks about a musician who performs a live concert. Because in... he's played by Paul Williams, who is a musician. <laughs> oh, really? Is that, is, that the, yeah. is that the joke? Okay. Well, yeah. see, first... Obviously, it was too soon, but it was it was making me think of Live Aid because it sounded a lot like Phil Collins because Phil Collins traveled between the two locations during Live Aid because he's mm-hmm. talking about fast and light travel. And I, I thought he was just misunderstanding planes that maybe this was like, oh, something's been lost in translation here and he thinks planes were that fast uh, at first. But obviously, very quickly, that's not the case. But uh, he's talking about, okay, musician does a concert in London, travels faster than light, to somewhere in the US and ends up there on Tuesday watches the the concert realizes he doesn't like it and then goes back in time again and like tells himself not to <laughs> not to do it uh because it's a bad idea and obviously this is setting up the, the core idea of the film which is okay well because we have these ape, these apes came back from the future we know where the future's mm-hmm. leading because that's the big discovery that they have that the caesar has and because virgil keeps talking about eternity and that, you know, everything will happen forever. And one of the things you might have forgotten from the first two Apes movies is that it actually ended with everyone dying. At the end of the second film, you know, uh, Cornelius and that just escaped because everything blew up, right? So yeah. civilization, even to the Apes, ends at the end of the timeline. The planet killer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alpha and Omega. That's the one. That bomb. <laughs> and so, so this is a thing where, like, you know, Virgil's, like, challenged this, this you know, his belief in eternity. Uh, so this idea that no, because we know where it's going, we can change lanes. And that's when he brings up the whole lanes. You know, I believe we're all in, you know, if you remember highways, he brings up highways. In fact, no, he says motorways, which stuck out to me because that's more of a British term. for. Yeah, we highways. just talked about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about speed. But he talks about motorways and how we're on different lanes. We don't necessarily know which lane we're on, but we can definitely change between them. But the idea being that because we do have this information from the future, knowing it may in fact change it. Admittedly, I'm going to insert a little bit of Terminator logic in here and point out that, and obviously Terminator, you can still change things. I'm not, I'm not arguing that things can't change, but technically, the apes that we get in the future are all descendants from Cornelius because they went back in time. There's a bit of Terminator, like you know, the cycle logic happening here. So technically, them being back in time also might just be proof that it's always going to happen because mm-hmm. that, that's how they end up. Because I was a little bit worried. Unless there's, like, split timelines. Yes. So once you go back, like, things are just going to be different because you're on a new timeline. Yeah, that's entirely possible. I mean, that's, that's just time travel. I mean, it's the same as Terminator logic. <laughs> yeah. This is just time travel 101. Well, yeah. Well, we don't know that in Terminator. We don't know there's a split timeline. That was never introduced until the TV show. I mean, well, it has to be, right? So, like, if you go back in time in order to change the outcome of the future, then... It, I mean, unless there are split timelines, like, why bother? You don't know that split timelines. That, that, you're bringing in a concept the movie never introduces. You, like, no, in but the... you have to, in order to, like, enjoy the time travel of the Terminator movies, you have to accept that that is a possibility. Otherwise, they're stuck in a loop. That's necessarily stuck in a loop. Uh, the movie never introduces split timelines. Like, 
it, 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 it interests the idea that you can go back and change something, then it's just changed from then on. It never interests the idea that it fragments into two alternate timelines. You're adding that in from other Sure, things. but it, like, if you don't... Yeah, but if, if it... If you if you if someone goes back in time in order to impregnate a woman and and but their future is different than the future that you are now creating, then if it's not a loop, then it has to be a split timeline, right? Otherwise well, they would just you, grow up into be John Connor who you, you, you keep goes saying, into You keep saying has to be as if any of this is like science. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, we watch science fiction movies. Like, if we don't think about these things, then like it doesn't make sense. Like, well, that's that's just a it's debate. the only way the Terminator movies make sense. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think this is this is just a debate about time travel at this point. Hmm. <laughs> but I, I don't necessarily. I don't think Terminator ever in those movies introduces the idea of split timelines. Like, they're obviously in a loop at a certain point because Kyle Reese goes back and creates John Connor. But by the end of Terminator 2, they stop Judgment Day, so that's never going to happen. So John mm-hmm. Connor himself is kind of like an anomaly in existing. He's kind of a, almost a miracle child at that point because the future that Kyle Reese came from. But in Terminator, it, it definitely feels like they've just changed the timeline they're on. It doesn't feel like there's multiple timelines. But the, if there is no timeline that exists where... where uh kyle reese it needs to go back in time it's a paradox, then how can you go saying. back in time to do it unless there's a split timeline well they can't now though that's that's what i'm saying john connor is now an anomaly who shouldn't exist mm. which makes him kind of special okay yeah uh, yeah <laughs> in in my in my you know walnut-sized brain it only works if there's two <laughs> timelines <laughs> Like, no, look, if that's how you, you think about this, fine, but I, I'm just, the movie never, you said that as if that's just how it has to work, and the movie never yeah, brings it, the sense in, in my brain, that's the only way that it works, otherwise it's just a paradox, and my walnut brain explodes. I can't think, I can't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> well, I, I think the problem is, is that other movies teach you that a paradox would end the universe. Like, Back to the Future says if there's a paradox, it might ruin the space-time continuum. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think just because other movies have said that, that that's true for Terminator. I, I think it's just okay in Terminator that there's a paradox. And my, and my, and if you say, well, how can there be a paradox? I'm like, well, because they can't exist in real life, so we don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> science fiction. <laughs> Go with it. You Grab- know, a movie I do think about a lot since we watched was the um... Primer. No, no, I not that one. The one with Ethan Hawke in it. Oh, Predestination. Yeah. That one like has stuck with me <laughs> when it comes to like a paradox of how can someone exist. Yeah, that's definitely a loop. Again, that's another one where there's no timelines are not introduced in that. It's just one stream. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But it's fascinating to think about. Because <laughs> I, I never got to the second season of the Terminator show because I wasn't that into it. But apparently I've never there, watched them, yeah. There was a reveal in the second season that because I think a new... It's like Kyle Reese's brother comes back in time. He's like a main character on the show. And in the second season, they discover that this brother character comes from a future that's different from the one that they've been hearing about all this time. They realise that there's two different futures, uh, timelines. Um, so that is something that we're going to explore in the show. And it's a fine thing to add into the, the, the mythology, I suppose, if you want to go down that path. But Well, actually, I suppose that in a way, this, the argument this character has in this film is saying that it's not like Terminator. He's saying there is timelines 
because that's that's what he says is that we're on lanes and we can change lanes mm-hmm. uh i suppose he's not necessarily arguing that yeah i guess it kind of is and he kind of isn't i, I don't know <laughs> regardless it, it's, it's not super like in depth it's just the idea that oh we can change the future it's, it's the point the, the point is ultimately the same as there is no fate but what we make right mm-hmm. <laughs> that, the, the point there's still hope Right, no, knowing where we're going, we can change something. And this is uh, pre-Terminator, so maybe Cameron was a fan. I know you're gonna hate that I said that, but maybe. You're right. I do hate that you said that. <laughs> I can't believe you. You don't think James Cameron's a fan of the Planet of the Apes movies? I'm sure he was. Oh, I'm sure he's a fan of Planet of the Apes. No question. Oh, I'm sure he liked all of them. But I, Let's I spe- ask him. specifically a fan of Battle for the Planet of the Apes. What's his Twitter? <laughs> He's too busy working on Avatar Four. Don't leave him alone. Okay, fine. I want my I want my uh, four K remaster of the Abyss uh, director's cut. So do not distract him from anything. Okay, well, Avatar Four, Abyss questions, and then you know Battle for the Planet of the Apes <laughs> okay, questions. Sure. Those are the priority. Those that, are the top three. That could be next on the list. Uh, <laughs> so anyway yeah i mean that's basically it for the time travel stuff ultimately it's just that you know we can make a better choice we can improve the future and the ending's just there to show that we did and that this future world humans can still talk they're coexisting with apes uh although technology doesn't seem to advance anymore though despite the fact that everyone's intelligent (laughs) like i don't Mm -hmm. know everyone's still still living in the olden days well i mean technology ruined the world that they lived in before so that's still a thing makes sense yeah. um i and there's a little bit of that with the guns because that's kind of what we're talking about as well is the idea that the, even caesar has to go and get permission that he's got someone sort of employed as the the one who like sort of keeps all the guns locked up and the gorillas want the guns they're determined because that means power they're just sort of like blood hungry bloodthirsty i suppose is the better phrase uh and they want to kill humans and they eventually storm the the armory and take all the weapons but it's this because this idea where Caesar acknowledges that no, they have to exist for pot- potential situations, but not, we're not going to have apes walking around with guns. And that obviously in the first movie we did see that gorillas were just all over the place walking around with machine guns. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of showing his different philosophy, uh, and seemingly whatever choices he makes in this film last in a way that they didn't before. I actually I got worried yeah. at the start of the movie. Because they introduced the, you know, they've got a son, right, named Cornelius, and I thought, okay, it makes sense that you name it after his father. But if they try, I am going to have so many timeline questions if they try and somehow tell me this is the actual Cornelius from the original <laughs> film, because it's hundreds of years early. He would have to go forward pretty yeah. far. Uh, but it's not, and obviously, and I thought, oh, maybe he's just a descendant. But then that that comes out of the Terminator thing, right? The idea that, like, and if technically, you're your own grandfather kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and technically. In a way, they might still be descendants because you know, it's so far down the timeline that every ape here is probably an ancestor to the apes we see in the future. But well, wasn't uh, I mean, I think the original Planet of the Apes took place like over a thousand years in the future. Oh, they specified the date in this movie because uh, they ask what the reading was. It says, it says during the footage of the the, the hearing, uh, and mm-hmm. she says something like thirty-one oh nine or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, so they just specify. But obviously everything I'm saying here where I was thinking early on of what, what they're going to try and imply here with this kid Cornelius, uh, obviously all of it's moot because Cornelius is the one who gets killed. <laughs> he is yeah. 
he is murdered by Aldo. Um, which I did have a slight problem with, not the concept of the death, but at the end of the film, because McDonald is like smart enough to notice that because you know because uh, Cornelius hears them, hears hears essentially a coup, like being formed, like. Aldo's trying to convince the gorillas, and at first he's just saying he wants to kill the humans, and the gorillas are all up for it. But then he says, "We'll also crush Caesar," and everyone goes a bit quiet and says, like, "Oh, I don't know about that." He's, he's getting a bit, of, you know, turning a bit of a bit of a ape. No, kill ape. That's yeah. ape law. But then they notice that uh, young Cornelius is up in the tree listening to them, and he climbs mm-hmm. up and sort of starts to like you know hack at the branch with his knife, and he falls. He doesn't die immediately, but he's unconscious. He's he's ill, and then he dies in bed. You know, a couple of days later. And but McDonald is like smart enough to look at the branch and go, that didn't just snap. That that, that was being cut. Yeah, those are cuts. Yeah. And at the end of the film, when this comes out, and he said, you know, he says, "Hey, you killed an ape. Not only just an ape, you killed an ape child." And all the gorillas go, "Oh, we can't follow him anymore." I'm like, "You were there. You saw this all happen." And I actually went back and checked. You know, I was I was refreshing my memory in the scenes of the film mm-hmm. before we came out to record. Like. They, they, they're the specifically reaction shots of them all reacting to the him, you know falling out the tree. It's not just like they're there at the start of the scene, but then maybe he walks off away from the camp they're at, and it happens away from. Them. No, no, they react to the fall. Like it's it's all there. <laughs> so I'm like, why are you? At? I was like, oh, now that, now that everyone's caught him, now now you want to back off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that checks out. I mean, it does, I guess, but it, it just, it just was like, oh, we, we, oh, we didn't know that. We thought he just fell. Yeah. It just, <laughs> sure, it, okay. It just, it, it but this, the moment plays it like, oh no, we can't follow him because he killed Ape. I'm like, you Well, knew. I mean, they were all there for it, but they may not have known that he had chopped the branch still. Because we, when we see the, the shots of him chopping up the branch and stuff, we just see the two of them up in the tree. Ah, uh, true. Maybe it was too far away. Uh, it's a bit of a stretch, but uh, sure. Okay. It's a bit of a stretch, but the budget's pretty low on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty low on this. Yeah. Honestly, it's not even that. There is setup and payoff where there's a scene early on where, where Aldo says something to Caesar, like, you know, I am the future, and he holds up his big blade. Um, and either Caesar or Virgil says, well, no, that'll be the end of you then. And it's at the end of the film where he runs away from Caesar, and Caesar chases him up a tree after this, this scene. And he pulls out his blade, he tries to, you know, swipe at caesar and he ends up falling off to his death because they're so high up uh mm-hmm. so he literally ended up becoming his his end so it's about on the nose like like a lot of the i think the plot beats and messaging in this film there's not a lot of depth to them they're very just here is things set up here is thing paid off uh mm-hmm. which don't get me wrong that's more than some bad movies like so I'll, I'll give them credit for at least putting in some basic setup and payoff like I, i'll acknowledge that it's better than some other things but yeah and there's some dark turns that, that happen here still like the you know, they let the humans go, the, the ones that were trying to have to start a war mm-hmm. um, in the school bus and stuff. And it's they they end up getting killed by all the gorillas. We're just like, nope, we've decided that men and ape cannot live together. Yeah, it's, it's vicious. And I, it's one of those things where if we cared a little bit more about the humans and we saw them as more three dimensional rather than just the army for the evil mustache twirly madman it may have no. had a, more of an effect to see the, right. the the gorillas kill this group of people i mean we get we get the one guy who has the really um leonard nimoy sounding voice <laughs> i kept looking up at the screen like is that spock but it wasn't him that's um, thinking i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> it did sound like him though um like he's he's a bit sympathetic because he asks questions about like 
you know, the why, whether or not, why we should do something, whether or not just blindly following orders. And there, and there is, I was going to say, there is like one smart element to the fight where like the apes pretend to have lost. So when they come in to like gloat and mm-hmm. say, aha, we've dominated you, Caesar like talks to him a little bit, but then says, all right, everyone, and everyone gets up, they're all playing dead. Uh, yeah. Which I guess is kind of foreshadowed because uh, Cornelius was playing war earlier on and he was playing dead in the scene. I guess mm-hmm. that's like thematically a little bit of foreshadowing. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's sure. a fine moment. I think the, the problem with the, the third act fighting, though, is everything before that, where it's just them advancing on the camp and it's just the same shots over and over again of like smoke and <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a bit long. Wow. I, I'll agree with that. But. I still, I don't know, I don't hate it. Like, I like the Mad Max looking, <laughs> these, like, janky vehicles, and everybody has to wear goggles because they're used to being underground. And so they have to wear, like, the red-tinted goggles and stuff. It's a, it's a fun look, and they sort of look like they're on their way to becoming the, the people who are worshipping the bomb in the second film. So there's some, like, attempt to make everything link up. Um, in the extended edition, you do get, more, obviously, because you get more of the scenes with the bombs, you get more of the scenes of the people who do live underground. And not all of them are like Kolb, the, the guy, the main guy that we follow, the villain. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie does a really good job of making, uh, obviously not those guys are sympathetic. They're a little bit more sympathetic in the, in the extended edition, just because you get more, more people. So it, it's just like a natural thing. Like, oh, they're just real people trying to survive also. Um, just you know, with a madman in charge. But the um, I think I think the movie succeeds in making everybody else sympathetic, like everybody who's in the this Garden of Eden encampment that they've started with apes are very sympathetic. I think that we get Virgil, who is a very smart ape, a really fun new character, makes the apes more sympathetic too, which is uh, more than we've gotten in the other films in a while. Yeah, um, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Like, I, I think the characters in the camp are mostly likable. I would say they're the ones that are meant to be more antagonistic, obviously. Uh, I, I just this, this is a case of, like, all the ideas are mostly fine, if not good. It's just <laughs> almost everything about it needs to be more fleshed out. I, I, you know, I, I need to have more nuance with the characters. I have to have more nuance with the conflict. Because ultimately... Because you tell me on paper that this film is about apes realizing that they're really not that much better than humans, or potentially won't be any better than humans because they'll fall into the same traps. There is so much like dramatic weight to you know a, a, a person or being or or a community realizing that, and the the poignancy of that that we can't just dominate because that's just what they did to other people before, other species before. We have to do something different we have to do something different to be better i I think there's a lot of like artistic potential in that story i think this comes off as a cheap b movie that has its heart in the right place i think i I don't think there's anything like uh, there's no misfires in terms of what it's trying to do it just everything about it is so simplistic in terms of how it plays out uh like i think yeah, give me a, if you want to give me the maniacal villain, which I don't think is right for the serious like philosophical like debates you're having with the themes, really. But if you're going to give me like a, a mustache twirling villain, I can get into that. If if you give me more of them and give them give me more wacky, like over the top nonsense with them, um, you know I think the action scenes are very lacking. 
because they're just very kind of like people walking in a straight line with nothing interesting to kind of lead from one beat to the next and yeah i mean they have some pyrotechnics but for the most part it's uh you know it's daylight it doesn't look very interesting it's uh it's just a field with some tree houses (laughs) and i think the character of aldo is just He's so far off the deep end as soon as we meet him. Like, there's no, like, build to him getting more aggressive or more serious. He's just kind of that from the start of the film. Yeah, but he, I mean, this isn't that long since they were all enslaved. So he still has reason to be mad at humans. Well, that kind of leads to another problem, though, is why are they all... They're, they're already acting like the apes of the, the future, and it's only been 18 years. I feel like not enough time has passed for them to be in this type of society yet. Maybe. I mean, they're not like in an advanced society or anything like that, but it's been, I think it's been long enough for them to feel like, okay, we're starting to like create a new civilization and some people are still bitter from, you know, the life that they had before. Yeah. Isn't Aldo quite young though? Because he's in the class with the other sort of teenagers. I don't know. He's played by an old guy, so it's hard to tell. Oh, it's hard to tell. Which, by the maybe, way, maybe he's just you know behind. It's not very. Speaking nice spe- of Aldo's performance, uh, there's a. His eyes are really distracting in this movie. Oh, they are like clearly he has a latex allergy or something. His eyes are red. <laughs> <laughs> that really stuck very, out to me. Red. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can say he has a reason. Okay, on paper he has a reason for being this way, but there's nothing interesting about it because they don't really... Like, there's not this animosity that builds throughout the film where he is motivated by actions that happen in the film to go more serious. You know, like, good storytelling is characters are always motivated by something, so mm-hmm. when they make the choice to escalate to the next phase of whatever their, their story is, it's motivated by an action or an event or someone else's choice uh, but nothing in this really does that outside of just no. they found some humans so then he's like okay time to actually just you know take over now i think they're still sort of limited by what has been established in the previous films as like okay the orangutans are like the scholars mm. the chimpanzees are like the politicians or and the and the gorillas are the military so we're going to make the people the the apes that are upset at humans still are just going to be the gorillas and that's 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 what they're writing with but they're very one note as a result because they're just Mm -hmm. angry and like "Ah, i hate humans we should just kill them and that's that's his character basically from the start there's like Mm because i think if if he had like let's say for just for argument's sake you had essentially the same plot but the character did actually have some remorse when he realized he'd killed someone and there was actually some shame about it that he felt and like it was something he tried to cover up like th- there could be some interesting like uh, you know stuff there where he's not just like okay well i've done this because it's the right thing to do and i will never waver from my my goal no matter what like it would actually give him some sort of like oh he realizes he's messed up and this might ruin his chance to like convince everyone or mm-hmm. or something like you know just something whatever it may be uh like i say it's just it's very one though it's just very two-dimensional i guess and i think well the movie makes some good points and i like the the, the, the themes that it's trying to hit, hit at. ultimately there's a lot of like two-dimensional characters to tell those stories and a lot of the i wouldn't say they're like light switches there, there are kind of arcs to the stories but they feel very simplistic in terms of like just how they progress rather than again like i say something where I feel an escalation throughout the film because you know they get back from the camp and then it's like oh the humans are probably coming and the humans do come and then the fight happens 
uh, there's very little kind of intrigue as the, as the movie goes on. So, um, if, 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 it, it does kind of feel like a directed video movie in a lot of ways. I think the budget's got a lot to do with it. <laughs> it's not terrible. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, it it is very cheap. It's very it's very cheap. Like the the sets are cheap. The the costumes are cheap. I mean, the apes have never looked worse. But I do. I, I mean, I I do like a lot of what's in it, and I, I like. I think it is pretty well written. I, I do for, the, for what they're trying to do. I do want to make this clear because I don't think it's that well written. I think it's competently written. I don't think it's a good script. And I want to make it clear that complaints about it feeling really cheap would mostly be diminished if the writing was excellent like see see if this mm -hmm. was excellent character drama and it was really hitting its themes and it was hitting its beats with its characters and there was more nuance to the villain both villains that for that matter but both uh the ape and the human villain then it could be something special and we'd sort of just shrug off it looking a bit cheap because well the story it's telling we're so invested in what it's doing it doesn't matter I mean, I do think there are issues with the movie and that it's not it's not a great film, but I can't help but love it anyway. And I I think the reasons I do love it is because the stuff that's in it that's good is I think is really strong. Um, I don't this is my maybe my least favorite of Roddy McDowell's ape because he, he's not playing Cornelius in this. He's playing Caesar. But like. I mm. thought the last the last one was he was so good in the last one that I thought maybe this one was a bit of a step down, especially when he has to get real emotional about his son. Yeah, I, it's okay, but like it's not my favorite. I, I think I thought he was like excellent in the last movie. Uh, it felt again. It feels like there could have been more to really give to his character to really have him go through this turmoil, this choice. Because yeah, I don't know if you get like a lot of his character really kind of struggling with the idea of like where do we take society now, like. What, what choice do I make with these humans? Because ultimately, this is going to have a lot of consequences one way or the other. Um, mm -hmm. Again, more re struggling over that. Um, I do appreciate that. Uh, what's his name? Aldo. <laughs> I keep forgetting the name. Uh, Al Aldo's is effectively able to like do his little takeover because Caesar's so distracted because his son's on his deathbed. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's fine. That's a fine plot mechanic to sort of have that happen with, you know, the idea that Caesar's distracted for like a, even a day and that's enough time for him to like stage this little coup and take command. Round and, up all the humans. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and that scene is very, you know, the rounding up the humans, you know, it, the first thing it made me think of was like, uh, you know, scenes from like Nazi Germany or something like that where all of a sudden it's just, no, that type of person, in this case, just all humans because they're apes, uh, you know, we're rounding them up and putting them in a camp. Right. Plus, you can, you know, attribute to humans like how, where they get the idea to do it from, since they came from being slaves in the last film to this. Uh, even though, like, the cages are made from sticks and and mud in this case, versus, you know, the concrete and steel of the last movie, it's the same idea. It's just I, getting I, reused. It just goes back to the violence. It's just them. They're yeah. just repeating the same mistakes. Uh, you know. So. It. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it's funny because I feel like it has a lot of leftover, like, good themes just because the movie, you know, the series started with good themes and they've, you know, had their ups and downs throughout the series, but th those themes are still in there to some extent and because of that, it, it kind of gets to ride off the back of that a little bit. I, f I feel like if this wasn't a sequel to something and someone just had this idea for oh, a camp of apes and there's a camp of humans and, like, it would probably be, ev you know, even lesser than what it is. 
because mm-hmm. it wouldn't be like how ha- it wouldn't have all the backstory to feed into what who these characters are and what it means overall uh so it's fascinating that we got such like in-depth films from i mean from a, a franchise that would just had to make a new movie every year because it was unexpectedly successful it's like okay and we know that you guys wrote yourself into a corner by blowing up the planet but please write a sequel <laughs> and like <laughs> what do you do with that and they I, I think each movie with the exception of maybe the second one i mean each one has like some really great themes in it that were a surprising turn for the films like they all have they're all interesting to me because they were just you know what kind of they were just so creative like we have to come up with something and you know they should be worse than they are they should be a lot worse than they are <laughs> but as time is oddly proven they can also be a lot better than they are yes and i'm not just talking about effects like this is the thing i want to make this clear no, I, I mean but those movies yeah. have like a clear plan all along and like time and and a lot more people involved of like we want to make sure that these you know are relevant and <laughs> and are good yes, you know, but people that, want that, to know why do i want to watch a reboot of planet of the apes so you have to give them a reason yes but look at that the other way around though you're excusing these films for not having those advantages what i'm saying is that those films are the reason why you give films time and you don't rush things out in a mm-hmm. year um and let's just say that those films were made in the 70s and 60s and it didn't they, they, it was the same you know ape suits that we have in these films like they'd still be better films than at least all the sequels because they're just so well written just because the ideas and the way they play out the the story they're so well thought out they're so uh rich and 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 subtext and text to get pretentious for a second but they are like you know when we, when we talk about that trilogy when we get there and we'll probably take a little break from this franchise before we do the newer ones only because we don't want to do the tim burton one <laughs> <laughs> i think we take a bit of a break before tim burton then we get another little break before the new trilogy but when we get to them like you know I, we're going to be talking really about we're going to talk about character, we're going to talk about society, we're going to talk about a lot of things, and we have talked about some of those those elements in these movies too, but I'm going to be showering those movies with praise. I, mm-hmm. I think how it handles all those ideas, is, they're so good, uh, to the point where, like, I think Dawn is the best movie that says Planet of the Apes in the title. I think it's better than the original film. I mean... Uh, the first one to me is real special, and that's a 10 out of 10, as I said when we've reviewed it, but <laughs> Dawn might be an 11 out of 10. <laughs> D- Dawn might break the scale. <laughs> Dawn is a special science fiction film, and I think Rise yeah. and War are both really strong, too. Yeah. Uh, it, it might be the best trilogy. Like it, It's up there with Lord of the Rings for me. I do not care for Lord of the Rings, but... Uh, I know you had to say that. I, I agree with the sentiment that it is one of the best <laughs> trilogies. Yeah. yeah um it yeah it's such a such a weird franchise because that was my attitude when you when rise was announced and there was a trailer my attitude was who wants a planet of the apes reboot like there was one yeah as someone who's a fan of the hokey you know old series like i didn't know i wanted it i was hesitant to go see it in the theater because i I didn't even like the trailer that much because you know it had one great movie right you know like the you know the original is the great movie Mm -hmm. that's you know a science fiction classic and has a lot of things going for it and the sequels have some fun and some good stuff, but you know they're, they're kind of you know it's a lot like recommending Halloween, where Halloween's a masterpiece 
And there's some fun sequels if you like some schlocky <laughs> slasher movies, but they're not great masterpiece movies that you have to see. Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. kind of feels like that to me in a, in a lot of the same ways, where the original you have to see, it's a class, it's classic science fiction film. The sequels, they're optional additional viewing if you want to go down that path, but you don't have to. Right. But I think, you know, being that these movies had to be turned out so quickly and, you know, were usually like after each movie had written themselves into a bit of a corner, that the fact that they came out with movies that had rich themes, whether or not they were fully explored, I I think that is a testament to just the original concept of the movie, that there is so much that you can explore there if you just really sat down and like had a good group of writers and went back and forth and which is why the movies uh, uh, turned out needed to be rebooted like they there was a reason to do it because it is a rich concept yeah and i would never have said that before rise came out and then i saw rise and went oh wait they just proved to me why this needed to exist and i should trust like you know whoever wrote and directed this i'm going to pay attention to them because clearly they know what Mm -hmm. they're doing um, we should probably wait and say more when we have to review it. We're just yeah. going to do our review well, for the trilogy now. <laughs> well, no, no I, I think this is relevant because we're, we're talking about this, this these five films as a whole Yeah, now. we're wrapping up the, yeah. the original saga. and Not including the TV show. And I, I think Battle is like, after this, the second one's probably the worst one. I think Battle's probably next. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They... <laughs> Honestly, like Escape is surprisingly good for the concept. Um, Escape's fun. I, I I really like the um, the other the, the the alternate ending version of Conquest. Like I really like that one. Um, and, and this one's good too. I don't I don't know. Like Escape's probably the best one. I I you know the originals. But I think Conquest and Battle are pretty close to each other. The, the original's obviously great. I think there's a clear divide between that and any of the sequels. I, I don't think any of them come close. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're they're mostly perfectly watchable if you're into the, the schlockier elements. Because I think the original overcomes the stuff that's sort of dated from an like, effects point of view or whatever, just because it's it's worth being seen still. I don't think mm-hmm. the sequels necessarily do. There's still enough hokiness in them that I get why someone might be turned away. But you know what? I... I like especially when there's this new trilogy that has like the most state of the art looking effects that we've ever seen, uh, but not just that, of course. The more important part is that they are so well written and so well directed, and it's just this thing. Well, um, they also don't have to act around makeup, like they do in these ones. Uh, true. That is an advantage. Sure, sure. Uh, but because the the makeup and costuming on these. And the mask, and especially in these sequels, I mean, they're thick. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, like, I, I don't necessarily want to excuse things. Uh, like, if something's dated, and because something, because great movies from the past don't date that badly. They don't, right? Uh, like the original holds up pretty damn well. But there's other movies that right. don't date at all in terms of quality. Obviously, hairstyles and clothes and stuff date, but like. I brought up Halloween a minute ago. Halloween is not dated at all. Halloween holds up completely just as well as it did when it came out. You know, tons of classic films do. Um, so, you know, it's okay to say it's, you know, the sequels are a bit schlocky and a bit silly in places and aren't up to the standard of the first one. That's fine. Yes, I agree. Okay. Good. <laughs>
Um, color, color you like them more than I do, which is cool. Which is fine. But uh, I, I pull in no punches. Okay. I think they're skippable. I think you don't need to watch the sequels to the, to the original movie. You can skip them. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that statement either. But I think you're missing out on a fun saga. <laughs> saga. <laughs> I can't say trilogy. It's five films, so. A saga. Pet pentology. The apes saga. Saga of the apes. Saga of the planet. Don't say saga of the planet of the apes. I, I, do you know what? If I have a complaint about the new films, is that I don't know why they insisted on having the planet part in the title. Just Rise of the Apes, Dawn of the Apes, War of the Apes would have been perfect titles. I don't like any of the titles of the new ones. That's the only thing I don't like about them. I like numbers. <laughs> you know, Walnut Brain. I like numbers. No. <laughs> One, two, three. They don't do That's numbers for anything now. Like, the, like there's hardly I know, any. And it needs to make a comeback. When I make movies, they're all going to be numbered. Even I mean, if they're not, like, linked to each other at what, all. What's the current... It'll be Terra's movie number one, Terra's movie two. <laughs> the only current franchise I can think of off the top of my head that actually still just goes by numbers is John Wick. I can't think of any other one that's currently going that's using numbers. I mean, Fast and Furious does sort of. Uh, well, no. But they still that, have, like, no, a play no, on no, their no, name. No, 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 no. That does all kinds of bullshit. Just because it has the numbers. But they still have a number in it, so you know which one is next. No, it's worse. It's worse. No, Fast and the Furious is worse than not having numbers. I hate the Fast and the Furious naming. Okay. <laughs> right. No, let's look at these for a second. The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, uh-huh. Too Furious, okay. Fa- the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. The fourth one is called Fast and Furious. They took out the this, as if that makes a goddamn difference, <laughs> right? And then you have yeah, five. But, but people all skip those ones until the rock show up, and then they get numbered again. And then you have Fast Five. Um, I even know what the sixth one was called. Uh, Furious Six? Because Seven was Furious Seven. Mm-hmm. And then Eight was The Fate and the Furious, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've only seen the first one and I've seen the seventh one. No, that this is that's worse. I, I will I will I will have just Well, the, the... at least if you're like in a rental area. Like a red box, or you're at a, a store that sells DVDs. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna watch these movies. You know which ones to go through. Like you know the order, except for maybe Tokyo Drift. But still, process of elimination. Yeah. You'll be able to, to figure to it be, out. To be fair, though. <laughs> to be fair, like we're kind of beyond that comparison meaning anything now because no one goes to a video rental store and browses a shelf. I still haven't watched the Born Identity movies because I don't know which one comes after the first one. You have Google. <laughs> so it's too complicated. Google what it. Names all sound alike. It's <laughs> Google it. Which one is Ultimatum? That's the third one. See, I, I wouldn't know that. Like unless they spelled like Ultimatum with a three in it somewhere. Identity supremacy Ultimatum. They're alphabetical. Uh, you can ignore everything that came after that. The rest don't matter. Okay, see, that helps. That's helpful. <laughs> the rest don't matter. For the record, that's not intentional. I'm, I'm sure it's just a coincidence that they're, they happen to be alphabetical. Those the first three, at least. <laughs> but, hey. Ignore the one with Jeremy Renner, and ignore the, the one where Matt Damon came back, because despite the fact that they brought the director back, it wasn't that good. Uh, I saw that one, actually. I saw that one in theaters. It was weak. It was weak, so. Yeah, I didn't like it that much. It was a good trailer, mm. but... The movie wasn't very good. There's one good car, car chase, though. Yeah. I thought was pretty good. Uh, but aye. 
the battle battle's just okay. It's okay. It's it's cheap. It's it's got good ideas. It's not fleshed out enough to really capitalize on them. Which is kind of a lot of the complaints I had about the last one as well, if I remember right. Is that a lot of good ideas, but didn't really delve into them enough. It like they're so determined And to, I still loved it. They're so determined <laughs> to keep these movies at this time period like under ninety minutes that it just like don't get me wrong, some movies can be too long. Like, you know, I just saw the four hour Snyder cut like a couple of weeks ago, so movies can be too long. But like 80-something minutes is not enough for the themes that this movie's tackling. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Too truncated. Maybe you should have watched the 98-minute version. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. All right, Tara, do you want to rate uh, Battle for the Planet of the Apes? Um, I think there's still a lot in here that is really, really good and is a reason why the movies were rebooted because there's a lot of good ideas that are brought up and it's a really rich universe and it explores by exploring apes culture we are saying a lot about you know the decisions that humanity should have made and i think it's uh i I mean i love these films and i think the last one wraps it up pretty nicely and i love paul williams and he's in it (laughs) my dear swan so i will Give it a 7.5, because I love it. Even though it's not great, but I love it. <laughs> 5.5. I hate you. <laughs> it, it's, it's perfectly just okay. A lot of nice ideas, but ultimately, I don't think it succeeds. Well... I don't think it executes most of the ideas well. And th- that goes for s- even simple things like action. Like I said, like all the all the fighting towards the end is just kind of boring and doesn't really excite anything or whatever. So uh I, I can't I can't it's it's, it's 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 too much of a simplistic version of what it's trying to do. So there you go. Uh but hey, there you go. That's the original five apes movies done. Um and we're about to, so we're still sort of occasionally doing an Invisible Man sequel, so we'll probably do one of them at some point soonish. But we're about to start working through the Matrix franchise because, That's well, a big one. there's a new Matrix film coming at the end of the year, so we got to have done those in time. Uh, so we'll get to the the Tim Burton remake ugh, and the <laughs> the trilogy uh, a little bit later. Um, not too long, but a little bit later. Uh, so yes, yeah, so look forward to that. Although uh, next week uh, we're actually sort of doing a, a big new release, which has been a while because well, pandemic and all that jazz. Because next week it is time for Godzilla versus Kong. I'm hyped. Yep. Good or bad, I'm hyped. <laughs> <laughs> Good or bad, I'm hyped. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I'm not as hyped for it. But only because the trailers have been bad. Yes. That said, though, the uh, critical reception, which has, has started to come out already, has been oddly positive. I was not expecting... That's good news. ...such a thing. Uh, actually, by the time this review goes out, I mean, the movie will probably have just came out. Uh, so, but you know, our review will be next week's episode, so look forward to, to that. Uh, but yes, uh, if you made it this far into review, leave the word... Koba in the comments. Human, work. I couldn't think of anything cool, so I thought I'll at least, I'll, I'll at least put a smile on Tara's face if nothing else. Uh, <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Imagine if my cat could ever speak, he would point to his where his balls used to be and yell Cuban work at me. Yo man, work. Like I know, Gus, I'm sorry. They had to go. <laughs> uh yeah, Tara's gonna pose for the thumbnails, so uh here we go. Three, two, one, pause. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Give you extra work. Oh, because you know it's harder to cut around the hands. <laughs> that was it. Shouldn't have given it a five point five. Oh, that's how it is. If I if I rate a movie you like too low, you'll uh, you'll give me more work for the thumbnail. Hey, oh. at least I kept. At least I did fist and not like jazz hands. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so. I've decided that the IMDb segment of the show is not living up to the potential that I thought it had. So I'm going to try something slightly different for this. When did you decide this? Like just now? I, don't know, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. I have went, I have to, I've, put, I've went to the Battle for the Planet of the Apes trailer on YouTube because I'm convinced that the YouTube comments are going to be funnier than the IMDb <laughs> Okay. Now, in future, I might actually look in advance and pick out some funny ones just to keep this a bit smoother. But I'd forgotten I had this idea, so I haven't done it in advance this time. But bear with me. I'm going to start commenting on trailers. <laughs> just hope, and hope that your comment makes it to the top so I can do it. <laughs> uh, I'll use my super secret ID. Yes. Um, yes. Well, here's one you may like from QEEV from uh, a year ago. I didn't understand why most people didn't like it. This is ick. Uh, like, like ick, the story. Uh, I know it's, it's, it's not that great, but it's a very entertaining story, and it was a very classic Planet of the Apes movie uh, I've ever watched. English may not be their first language. It was, that was a lot <laughs> of my stuff. To... <laughs> well, I'm glad Borat likes it. <laughs> how did you feel about pl battle for the planet of the apes Venice. i like <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh one comment from uh manuel barreto simply says get to the chopper and i don't know why there was no helicopters in this film no was there anyone from predator in this film i don't recall no, i don't think so I don't recall such a thing. It's not like Predator had a big cast. Uh, one year ago, Sam DMZ said, The Ape Avengers Endgame Identity Wars. I don't hate it. <laughs> uh, the, the, obviously, there's lots of comments asking people to upload the movie because people think YouTube it can work like that. Uh, no. <laughs> they can um, rent movies on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that is they, a thing they want them for free yeah uh worst of the you original jo series john landis was in the movie yeah i know it's not in the imdb credits as well um but yeah only 50 comments on this trailer though I, I guess it makes sense for trailers that have been uploaded for old movies they don't get as much attention as newer trailers where you know there'll be thousands of comments but hmm. yeah yeah. I was just trying to see who John Lindis was, but 
Okay. Uh, and someone was trying to argue that the first ever McDonald's was created by McDonald. Hee <laughs> hee. Clever. With, <laughs> with the permission of Caesar, of course, which is why we have the banana milkshake and the apple pie. I don't, I'm not sure I... I, I get that he's trying to make a McDonald's joke. I, I'm not sure what he's trying to get at, though. The, we don't have banana milkshakes at McDonald's in the US. Menus are different everywhere, but... Yeah. We do have apple pies. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway. Uh, it seems like he was reaching. He was reaching. He was reaching. You know what? Hey, sometimes I reach for a joke, okay? Brevity is the soul of wit. I, I, they established in this one there were brothers, and it was McDonald's brothers who kind of started McDonald's. I only mm -hmm. know this because I watched The Founder, but... <laughs> I watched that movie too. It was good. It was a good movie. Maybe uh, wish that McDonald's fries were vegan, but they are not. Aww. Oh. I, I was so funny about that movie. At no point does it ever come up how unhealthy fast food is. It's just like, it's seen as this great new thing because it's so quick. No one ever talks about how unhealthy it is. Yeah. Although, you, you do notice because it takes place in like the 50s that... Everyone who eats at McDonald's is still very slim, because it's new. Yes, yes, no one's been eating their whole <laughs> life yet, yes. Hey, this is great! They've not all been eating since they're five. No side effects at all. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's been a battle for the Planet of the Apes. Um, mediocre note to end on, I would say, but Tara's more positive. What a fantastic series this has been to review. <laughs> What well, a good movie and a bunch of mildly to not so mildly. You already had your last words, okay, about the film. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just trying to troll you at this point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, you can support, of course, everything we do. I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers uh, for the month. So, thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bored Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, and David Brown. Uh, they are all picture producers for the month of April. So, thank you. Uh, Tara, do you want to tell them about Patreon? Why, yes. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as little as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. So if you're looking for your favorite B movie that's not an ape film, I don't think we have any ape movies on that list yet. Um, check it out. We're also doing sequels now to like some of the the the, le the lesser sequels to the obvious masterpieces um, on on there. So you can check out how we think of what what movies are we doing uh, right now. We're checking out the Starship Troopers two. And we're going to do the other ones for that. We'll be doing Tremors 2. We did uh, Philadelphia Experiment 2. <laughs> we did... I think that was well, that. we did all the Transfers movies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. But that's, so, that started yeah. on Patreon, though, because it, that was the, even the first one. Yeah, that. we didn't do the first <laughs> Transfers, although maybe we should have on the, <laughs> on the regular show. I, I don't think people would have cared on the regular show for, for Transfers. Probably not, but... Um, we cared about it because what what a what a saga that was. <laughs> so please check out our Patreon page. Thank you. Yes, Charles Band Productions. Yes, uh, always at least a good time. Mm -hmm. uh, it very much does not. Uh, evil bong uh, with the test, such a thing. Uh, yeah. So although Jack Death was in that movie, he did he did briefly appear. So 
it's it's canon to the transfer saga. Dry we probably should have reviewed it. Try hairs for scripts. Okay. <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, you can also like and subscribe. Uh, that is the free way to support everything we do. Uh, also rate in the podcast on iTunes or whatever, whatever platform you get your podcast from. Give us a nice five-star review. But like and subscribing on YouTube is, you know, the algorithm thing. It, it lets YouTube promote us out a little bit more. Uh, and, yeah, so that's the that's the idea. Uh, so there you go. That's That's been the that's been review. Hopefully it was hopefully it was fun. Um, so, you know what? I, I had feel- fun. That's not even feel like it went as long, but I'm just looking down at the time, and it's actually close to the 90 minute mark. So somehow we just do this every week. I think you have quite a bit to edit out, though. I have a little bit to edit out. There, there was that whole section on uh, your really bizarre feelings on uh, bananas. <laughs> I had an animal in mind that I want to say, but I could... A peacock. It was a peacock. That's what I was trying to think. That was the word I was trying to think of. <laughs> I Swing and a miss. I could have literally just said anything else because no one knew what I was trying to think. <laughs> but I was determined to think of a peacock for some reason. <sighs> yeah, Tara got very heated on peacocks and I have to cut all that out. It was, just, it was, it was too obscene for a broadcast. Yeah, speaking of walnut brains, peacocks are dumb. <laughs> No, Tara, come on. There was so much rhetoric already. Let's not go back to that. <laughs> the slander. I had a peacock scratch up my car. I hate them. But they are pretty. Because <laughs> the male car, or the male car, the male peacock would see its reflection in my car and start attacking it. <laughs> There's a real thing and then I went through. I, I, I Peacocks are not native to Scotland, so I've never had the pleasure of... Uh... I don't think they're native here, but we have rich people, so they okay. just bring them in and then they breed and they get everywhere. <laughs> I mean, enough of commend that they're. I mean, not native, but they're they're they inhabit the area now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've never seen a peacock in the flesh. But hey ho. They they have a weird call. <laughs> it's not like a nice, pretty call. I don't, I actually don't really like peacocks. That was almost the <laughs> Wilhelm scream you just gave out there when you did that. Uh, yeah, they're 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 not. They're, I mean, they're only in pretty in looks. Like they don't, everything else is just so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well there you go. That's been the atomic cinema experiment. Uh, Turns just, out I had a lot to say about peacocks. <laughs> this is kind of a, a bumper episode uh, between more important ones. So look forward next week to Godzilla's Kong. Hey, last week was hey. twenty ten. Okay. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> How's that more important? That is a lesser sequel to than this one. Given the standard that 2001 sets, you might be right in that, technically. But... <laughs> I'll take the win on technicality. Thank you. <laughs> because I don't know if it's a radical thing to say that 2001 A Space Odyssey is a better film than Planet of the Apes. I mean, maybe that's a, a bold... Claim, I mean, they're in my top three. I always forget you rank Planet of the Apes that high. Like, obviously, it's like a great movie, but I always forget that you have it that high. I love these movies. What do you want from me? I always forget. Yeah. Oh well. Fair enough. Hey, you you do you. You do your T. Thank you. You, you know you. Uh, it's T unit actually. T unit. That's yeah, too that's many. That's my gangster name. That's too many syllables. I'm not doing that. <laughs> T unit. <laughs> Are you kidding? 
Yeah, that's the show. Thank you very much uh, for watching. Let's like we always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer. Add salsa. I hate every ape I see, from chimpanzee to chimpanzee.